catch up on all the live shows right here on africatechradio.com. Gather around everyone if you dread Mondays and if you wish for Fridays to be a part of the weekend. Uh, well, from layoffs to hiring trends, mental health to automation and AI, yes, what has shaped how we worked in 2023? Welcome to Tony's Tech Side on Africa Tech Radio. This is a special episode which will delve into the trends that shaped how we worked in 2023. The discussion in this episode will help you better understand what happened in 2023 with work, with workplaces, and everything you know about that since that's where we spend the major part of our lives these days, uh, so that you can better plan for the coming years. On this episode with me, I have first Adesi Precious Moba. She wears many hearts, but for the purpose of this conversation today, she's a corporate commercial lawyer, business manager, and human resource consultant at Plainfield LP. And I also have the product manager at an HR tech firm called Human Manager, Stephen Adewumi. And I have a people and culture leader, certified professional coach, the author of the all-inclusive career handbook and the founder of Career Life Nigeria, Yuan D. Jinodu. And how do we begin the conversation about work? It doesn't always sit well for a lot of people though. First, how are you doing? Doing well. Steven, how are you doing today? Yeah, I'm doing great. Um, it's nice to be here. Um, thank you, Anthony, for the invite. Um, I hope you can have some insightful discussion here. It's good to be here. Of course. And you, Andy, how are you doing today? Doing well. I'm very chilly. Looking forward to the conversation and learning to everyone as well. Okay, so while I'm still trying to fix up her connections and trying to reconnect, Let's start with the year 2023. Yoande, if you're going to describe 2023 in one sentence, how would you do that? Yeah. I'm a coaster, right? Um, I don't think in the new year that's been straightforward. I would say it's been a roller coaster, highs and lows, election, yeah, uncertainty, dollar, good times, bad times. I'll just say roller coaster. Exactly. The words you've used, uh, you know, they've put me through times and seasons, like in my mind. Like, as you're mentioning, the election, dollar, like, I've just gone through the times, like, mentally. Um, Steven, how about you? If you describe 2023 in one sentence. Oh, yeah. Um, so, I'll say 2023 has been full of so many economic downturns, and, uh, you know, so many emotional, you know, roller coaster, just like uh, you and they just mentioned. Um, looking at the looming economic downturn and uh, recession, you know, so many things that are black on in the workplace. I think in the global economic as a whole, basically. So I think you know the how comes that what best fits into So before this particular episode, I requested that everyone who's coming on this episode, you know, come in with their top trends, like the trends that shaped work for them. So this is the time for us to share those top trends before we actually start going into the details. And as you're sharing the trends you think shaped work in 2023, I also want to know why you think these things shaped work either for you or for other people, depending on what you noticed. And we would start with you one day and then Steven and then Ada. So you one day. So I have all three or four. So first thing, and I would come from, you know, my industry and my perspective and some things I've noticed. 
the first thing is ESG, right? And so ESG stands for economic, social, and governance, right? I think that's a trend that, especially in the world of work, that is now being more pronounced. Let me use that word. I think organizations are being more conscious of a lot of regulatory requirements and investors these days are particular about it and employees are you know inclined towards um, organizations that are socially responsible let me put it out way. for my own part i've heard it a lot and you know employees coming to meet me saying oh are, are you not going to do stuff for the environment or for or whatnot. So HR leaders are becoming more ESG conscious and the stakeholders, and not just HR, because ESG doesn't really lie on HR, let's be truthful, but the stakeholders are being more conscious of that. Another one I would say is analytics, right? You know, they say in God you trust every other person, bring your teeth. The world of work right now, I would say is more data conscious. I feel like that's always been, but like right this year, I've heard it a lot. Nobody wants to hear English. Like anybody can speak English if you are not coming to me with facts and numbers, right? So I think people are more conscious of how they are measuring what matters and being data conscious in how they work and being conscious of the impact and just basically leveraging on data to get their work done. I'd say the third thing is obviously flexibility. I find it very strange when people literally go to Sophie for interviews. It's like I'm in another world. And the reason why I, I would say like this time four years ago, if you had one day off from work, like one day work remotely, you were envied. But right now, if you if you are going to work, you're like, I need this economy, right? So I think organizations are more open now towards flexible work. And flexible work, I'm talking about remote, hybrid, and probably flex time. I noticed that plugging lamb traffic had reduced when petrol went. <laughs> I can say for a fact, I used to go to work twice a week, sometimes, right? And it was after petrol, I, I negotiated to go once now. So obviously I've reduced, obviously I'm one of the reasons, and one of the reasons why obviously traffic has reduced. I think now, because of the price of petrol, organizations have more show more empathy towards their people. For, for us, some teams that were coming to work twice a week moved to fully remote. That's what we realized that they wouldn't even come to work every time because the employees start complaining that um, the money you're paying me is no longer enough because like TPA is taking like double, right? So at least for positions that have sent and you know, they, they are more open towards flexible work, reducing the time people come to the office. If you are coming five times, at least now for three times. So I would say flexibility, flex time, remote and, and whatnot. And the fourth one, I think has shaped the world of work, diversity and inclusion. You know, but before in those days, you know, you think about diversity, you're thinking about some queer people trying to change the world of work. But like diversity is just how are you really intentional about ensuring that your team is diverse and you're not hiring people like you. And it's not people that went to your church or people that are from your village. It's just like your vision is more intentional about what the work now is. How are we all different? You know, you set up a project team and you know yeah you are looking at uh, it's not just only guys you understand it's not just only ladies how are we ensuring that those people are you know, with diverse ideas and you know people can feel included and feel like the place is safe so uh, a mix of dei and you know that 
consciousness of being saved. Because last year they dragged some people on Twitter for bad bosses, right? And so it's like the world of work now is more intentional about ensuring that you're creating a healthy environment and also linked to it, you know, intentionality of diversity and inclusion. So I, I'll just pause here. Very interesting. ESG. I like that you mentioned ESG because COP28, that's a conference of persons. We, the world literally just finished from that. Uh, despite the many, you know, trends and the many things that happened. And I wouldn't want to go into that. It's not a conversation for that. And Africa also had a lot of conversations around um, the environment and climate change. I like that that's the first point you also made because I'm a big, big fan of um, of that too. So I'm happy that, you know, it's somehow getting into the conversations about work or around, you know, how we work. And of course, data, flexibility, diversity and inclusion. Great points, I would say. Ada, welcome back. Hi, Tony. So let's start with how you are. Look at 2023, really. How are you? Honestly, I'm doing great. When the year started, I did not think I'll be where I am right now. So I'm actually excited. 2023 was surprising in different ways. It had its highs and its lows. But all in all, I'm actually thankful and happy about how the year has turned out. So if you were describing it in a word, if a couple of words or a sentence. I don't know. That's a good way to describe it to me. <laughs> I don't know. I think that's the best way to say it. Yeah. Okay. Good. I think I'll I'll say good. Okay. One word and one word only. That's fine. That's 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 okay. Yeah. So let's let's go to Steven, yeah? Steven, what trends did you notice? What trends did you come to this, you know, conversation with? So for me, right? I think I, I agree with a lot of things that uh, you and they said, you know, being that, you know, you would recall that we both used um, the word roller coaster, right, to describe this year. And, you know, when it comes to the ever-evolving workplace, basically, right, this year we're saying, given all these things have been happening, let's say, you know, since post-COVID, right, we've seen a shift to remote work, um, inflation, you know, layoffs, etc. You know things like that you know looking at it from the perspective of how has um these things affected um employees basically right you know we've seen a very 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 high in price and let's let's even talk about the employer side just outside the unpredictable environment that we you know currently live in right and um being faced by businesses this has really brought about a lot of things, right? Now, employers have realized that there's uh, a very, very competitive talent landscape in terms of, you know, employing the right talent for their organizations. You know, this also dovetails into, you know, this jackpot syndrome where, you know, everybody's traveling out of the country, seeking for greener pastures and all of that, right? And also there's this, you know, pressure to also control, you know, um, costs, right? We can all see how the economy is right now. It's facing a downturn, basically. So, you know, having said all of this, right, what would really be the first thing for me, the first trend for me is uh, the hybrid and remote um, work culture, right? When we mention this, people are, you know, quick to attribute this to, oh, it was due to the global pandemic in 2020, blah, 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 and all of that. Yeah, while that is very correct, we also forget to mention that you know there has been like a technological advancement so far over the past few years 
And um, also, I think we should also try as much as possible to attribute this to, you know, changing economic conditions. Because where we were last year or two years ago in terms of, you know, how the economy has been is not where we are currently today. We all know what the Forex is saying currently, right? So the hybrid and remote work model would, you know, be my first trend, basically. And it's it's not just a trend to me right now. It's it's really become a strategic decision. You know, businesses that I've seen that it has really helped them to thrive despite all the uncertain things and all of that. Because wake up tomorrow and say that, you know, there's another regulation. There's one thing that has happened in the forex world and all of that. My second trend. I mean, I I, I believe that we would dive dive deep into you know all of these things by the time we start um we kickstart the discussion fully. Um, I would also like to, you know, mention training and, you know, development, right? I was having like a discussion with a few friends, I think a few colleagues sometime last month. And, you know, now it has really become a necessity, right, for employees. They sort of look forward to these things when they are joining organizations. They really want to know if, you know, the organization they are joining, you know, really encourages or promotes, you know, training and development. And, you know, the transformation of this professional development has, has really grown, basically. You know, gone are the days where employees or people would spend their whole life in a single company, right? Or even in a single industry, because, you know, they realize that a competitive job market, right? Means that they need to really stay informed. You need to upskill. You need to keep learning. You get what I'm saying? You need to keep moving forward. You can't, you, you, you can't just do without learning something right so you need to it's it's more like a career advancement basically you know now employers are now sort of calling for their employers to you know provide that um education again another thing that i've seen and i think it's 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 been in the background for quite some time now but i think it's more different this year right it's it's more loud it's um artificial intelligence basically you know people are now in, incorporating AI into you know what they do organizations are, are using that for for you know to to sort of get some informed decisions mm -hmm. you know while AI may have seemed to you know emerge out of nowhere this year um, I think it's it's a trend that has been going on for a while now and um, I don't see it slowing down anytime soon you know you would also I know Ye one day mentioned something about analytics the other time which I you know fully agree with her right because there's something called predictive um, analytics and is you know gaining much trends now because in as much as you know we care about data we know that data is is the real oil now right we want to ensure that we are utilizing that data very correctly and we are using it to you know sustain our businesses basically right because it sort of helps you to you know, compare your previous, you know, patterns, your previous data with the current one to sort of, you know, to sort of predict what, what would happen in the future and, you know, get to prepared for it, right? You know, there are a lot of things that AI has really helped in enhancing this 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 year. We'll probably go into that discussion fully later, but I mean, just to highlight artificial mm -hmm. intelligence, my thought, you know, trend. Um, I think um, the most common one is uh, the employee wellness, basically, right? Okay. I know, I think you had also mentioned that, right? And when she mentioned that, I was like, oh, I think this has really become, you know, something is it, becoming a norm for everybody, right? You know, gone are days to where when employees are looking for, you know, they are seeking for jobs or something. 
they don't just jump out except maybe you're desperate or you need you know some quick money or something right people go on glass doors or you know go online to research about companies and you know check their work culture how you know their managers or the leaders in the company treat their employees you know the sort of wellness programs they have and all that so you want to have more details right about the company you're about to join right so i mean this has really become a priority for employees these days where they really they, they sort of prioritize their self-care and um, they want to be sure that you know you know their well-being is being catered for by organizations i think i would like to stop there and probably when we dive deep into these discussions, we'll um, share more insights, all of these things. Thanks. Thank you very much, Stephen. The economy, uh, major, major one. Both of you have mentioned it and you, you know, talked about it more. Hybrid, remote work culture, employee wellness, tech, that's, uh, including AI, data analytics, training and development also really important. Now, Ada, what trends did you come to the table with today? Yeah, so I was like, does Steven and Year One Day have answered many of top trends that I had on? But I'm just going to still dive into another angle that I really wanted us to speak on. One of the big top trends for this year, obviously, remote work, hybrid work, focus on employee well-being have all been spoken of. But one thing I wanted to touch on on employee well-being is a part of mental health and work-life balance. You're having more people now wanting it that if I'm coming to work from nine to five or eight to five, it is eight to five that I'm going to be at the office for, I'm going to do my task for. They don't want work spilling over the times that they're meant to be at the organization. People don't want to be called over on the weekends. I have a trend or a practice in my office. Whenever I come in in the morning, before we start on the work of the day, there's a question that comes up every day. How are you doing? I want to understand what is going on before we start our office meeting. We have like 10 minutes, 15 minutes to actually just know how you, you're doing. How is family? How is every other thing that is going on? Because if every other thing that is going on is not okay, it would affect the work that you're doing at the office. You need some days where like, you know what, let's have some days off where we're focused on our mental health to breathe, to just put things together so that the next day you leave, it's almost like, you leave to fight another day, if that makes sense. So a focus on mental health and work-life balance it has been a recurring trend for me this year. Another trend I've also noticed is the gig economy. So gig economy now, as a startup or as a, as a business, you want to keep your overhead costs at a low. So organizations or platforms on like Fiverr or Upwork are giving these freelancers a platform to be able to offer services that you can just access without it affecting too much, creating too much of a dent on your overhead. Imagine retaining, for example, a graphic designer as part of your payroll every month. You're paying X amount to this person. But because of platforms like this, you're able to just pay for what you need as a when you need. And it's something that you can reuse as a when needed or if you want to just use it for that particular service or the need. So it keeps your overhead at a low cost as well. And again, Yawande had pointed, I also wrote it down, sustainability and ESG. Right now, and a lot of people don't want to enter into companies that are just flashy or that are just focused on doing work. Because of the way the world is right now, we hear a lot about, I heard you talk about climate change, environment, girl-child education issues. Workers or employees want to actually join organizations that have an aspect of 
doing good. It's becoming more and more important that CSR is seen. Not only are you doing work, but you're also giving back to the society that is giving you the opportunity to service other people. So those are the three that come up as well. And one thing I also wanted to touch about was just, you also see as an employer, I'm now speaking as an employer from the employer side of view, there's a more, also more importance on ergonomics, trying to study how your employees are being efficient. How can you tweak things that would help the space that you've provided for them to work? How efficient could it be? Could it be that we'll do something differently? Hearing the voice of others, your employees, putting it into how your operating procedures are just to make things more efficient and more productive. If not, you're just bringing in people, man hours are being spent and no productivity is being done. So those are the key top trends for me that I've noticed that came up a lot over the year. Beautiful, beautiful. Thank you. Wow. Um, I like that we've gone through like length and breadth like we've gone a lot like wide like a lot and from you andy talking about esg and bringing the conversation around flexibility diversity and inclusion to steven talking about training and development employee wellness tech to gig economy efficiency ergonomics by ada and also yeah does your company actually do good not just work now you andy Ada mentioned something about, yeah, something about mental health. I don't know, how have we dealt with Gen Z's in the workplace, you know, because it seems like they literally just entered the workspace like last year, this year. What has, what has it been like dealing with Gen Z's in the workplace, you and they? What has it been like dealing with Gen Z's? Do you know why I'm asking, do you know why I ask this? Do you know why I ask this? I, I had an experience with someone, right? And the person said, anytime you hear mental health in your workplace, just ask our agency, right? So, and of course, of course, it's not like every time. It's, 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 just, it's just something that just came in passing. So what are your thoughts around this? Yeah, I think it's not even only Gen Z that talk about mental health. Anyway, it seems like they have the level for it. I've, I've had like a share of the Gen in April. They're just like, or I can't cope and I don't care, I'm leaving and I'll, I'll get something else for trivial matters that I feel like, you know, a millennial could solve. Or would I say lack of emotional resilience? That's what I would say you should leave it. How have I dealt with things? I think one thing is proactive ways. Well, the first thing I know I, I do is like being intentional about kind of learnings. You know, you say I have a learning organization, right? Most people were not born emotionally resilient. They, as a, at the time, I know back then in 2016, it was millennials. Almost every conference you are going for, millennials, millennials was the talking tower. I don't think Gen Z said when the workplace went back then. And when you're when you're being proactive about how are you teaching people how to be emotionally resilient, I think first thing I know is some learning sessions. I put out you know, some intentional steps that you know people can take so that people can learn how to be emotionally resilient because that's the solution there's no perfect organizational environment if your organization does not show you shaking nigeria will show you shaking yeah. uh, the girl right and it's just basically learning to be that and that's one two is i'm a coach right so i i leverage on my coaching skills to coach employees team members that you know come to me for this kind of reasons and 
I have like, I'm an internal coach, even in my organization. So I have internal clients beyond my full-time HR job that people um, learn to find the results themselves. And third thing is basically ensuring that you're working with line managers to make the environment more healthy. Because there's little you can do, you know, once a culture is the way of life, the people make the culture. And so for us, every year we're having leadership programs that spans for like six months where line managers understand what the culture is and they don't come with the uh, 1922 mentality that my boss shouted at me and got I got results by being verbally abusive. And so I need to abuse this person and shout at this person for me to get results. So if you are one, ensuring that you're working with the line managers to define what's healthy and how to, and we also train managers on how to create a healthy workplace for people. And, you know, and culture is also what you allow or what you don't allow. If someone comes to you and says, oh, you know, this is unhealthy, I'm insulted, and you just say, that's how life is now. Go and sit down. You are showing that it's okay to insult people or be condescending or shout. And that's obviously what they don't like, the Gen Z's don't like. Because it's not, every, some people are emotionally resilient, they can take a lot of things you throw at them, but not everybody. And so you don't use your own lifestyle to, to train other people. So for us, one thing I've always seen is the platform role. Don't treat people how you want to be treated. Treat people how they want to be treated, right? And, and so, so those are the three things I do. My managers were very, very fear of training our managers every year. And those are some of the things we do. And also coaching. Coaching helps people to become better leaders. Mm. Those are ready to maybe. Thank you. And and I must own up. This is not me trying to talk down on the Gen Z. And this is not us trying to talk down on the Gen Z. Because it's also something that everyone needs in terms of always talking about mental health. Just like you know, you and Dia said, you know, if you allow it, it becomes a culture. If you don't allow it, it becomes a culture that you don't allow such, um, you know, such things. And the kind of conversations you allow happen and don't allow is, you know, really informative of what the culture is like internally. And now, yes, I just remembered, Ada, I hope that when I asked you, um, you know, how are you, my friend? I hope I actually passed, you know, your test of every morning you have to like ask everyone if they're fine first. I hope that, I hope. I hope you did, Ada. Yes. Okay. Beautiful. Thank <laughs> you. you. Did. Thank you. you. Did. Thank you. Uh, okay. One point, Anthony. Now, Stephen, let's talk tech and let's talk tools, automation, data, you know, analytics and AI. The buzzword from December 2022 when OpenAI, you know, publicly pushed out ChatGPT, you know, till like right now as we're talking, the end of 2023, AI the buzzword literally everybody like even something that you're just doing before it's like oh ai and i'm like god what is this how has tech um helped to shape how we work maybe better not better i mean are we relying more on things like that are there some things that we we can do on our own what are the pitfalls what have you noticed in terms of how um ai you know data analytics and tech and tools being automated in the workplace. How is, is it shaping how we're working? How has it shaped how we work in 2023? So um, thank you for that, um, Anthony. So earlier, you would remember that I mentioned that uh, 
AI has been a tool or has been a new technology that has um, been ongoing for some time now, but just that it's, it's more spelled out this year. And it's because of the you know, adoption rates, you know, new technologies that are incorporating AI into, you know, their product. Also, I think amidst all of these, you know, conversations around AI and all of that, I mean, I think the real question here is, uh, you know, are organizations really ready to make AI part of, you know, their strategic um, initiatives in as much as it's become like a common word now that, you know, people to use, even for people who don't really know, you know, what to use AI for, right? In as much as they know that it's a new technology, they just feel like, oh, AI this, AI that. And even some, you know, existing technologies that, uh, you know, we've, we've used to build some products and services, you know, they kind of like, you know, that, that, that kind of have some similar behaviors to, you know, what AI could do, right? Maybe in terms of, you know, providing, you know, some uh, data in some graphical representation and all, all of that. So they feel, you know, everything is just AI, AI, AI. And again, then we need to be careful, right? In how we use statistics because of data privacy. Well, I'm going to talk about that because you mentioned something around um, the pitfall and all of that. But I think we need to first discuss the usefulness of AI in our organizations and, you know, our day-to-day activities, right? I feel it's more like a transformative force, right? In the HR space, basically, right? Because I'm really going to tailor this into the HR's workspace. And its application range from crafting some sort of personalized jobs, maybe for HRs and, you know, creating learning paths for employees, you know, things like um, identifying skill gaps or developing some virtual assistants, right? You know, that could help HR inquiries and probably help um, employee-to-employer engagement. So it's it's something that is being deployed you know, speeding these these days in um you know workplaces, and um I think companies right now have sort of harnessing the generative part of AI, right? You know, to develop some interactive chatbots where you can, you know, if you're if you're asking questions or you're making inquiries, it's gonna be like oh you you're you're talking to um you know someone who is responding to you, you know um all those things are mind blowing basically, right? And, you know, we also need to look at, I'm going to tailor this into, or I'm going to, I'm going to really um, align this with um, the hybrid and um, the remote work culture that, you know, is currently ongoing and it's becoming a norm, right? Uh, Because according to some few research papers that I, you know, came across about a few months ago, I think towards second, third quarter of the year, where I think it was Forbes who released um, that paper that, um, I think by 2024, right, um, remote and hybrid work is is being projected to grow to about 81%, right, which means that uh, in as much as we we know the benefit of, um, you know, work from home, hybrid work, you know, for employees, it creates work-life balance, you know, you can sort of schedule your work, you can, you know, you can have that flexibility, right, so to speak, and on the employer side, Right, um, you know the benefit is also very loud um, in terms of uh, you know managing your costs, operational costs, and all of that. Um, you know, reduce office space requirements. Um, you know, um, all the 
all, all the things you may need to provide to your employees when they are in office, right? You sort of reduce cost on all those things. So it's 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 a major, you know, cost reduction for employers basically in managing the operations of their companies. Now, what's like the challenge that this is really posting and where does like, you know, AI really comes in? Now, employers need to be careful, managers need to be careful on how they sort of measure the performance of their employees while working remotely or uh, in a hybrid, uh, you know, mode. Employers are sort of um, really concerned about who, how many hours have you worked in a day? Have you worked 20 hours in a day? Have you worked 24 hours in a day? I think um, now we sort of need to be concerned much about the results, right? So you work 20 hours in a day, that doesn't really you know, mean that you would have results, right? So I think we should be more concerned about, oh, what are the results and all of that. Now, employers have used AI to sort of monitor employees' performance, track their assistants to see, oh, is this person online? In fact, I think that there are some tools now that sort of, you know, track your activities on your system, right? To know if you are currently online or not, if you're doing something, are you working on the documents? Are you doing anything? Are you using the collaborative tool? and all of those things right those things are they are sort of displacing those things as you know a way of measuring employees performance and you know i would say it's a very wrong way to in as much as it's it's um, one of the ways to measure employees performance and to also track you know what they do in order to you know call them to order in case you know most of them are really laid back right i think is also wrong to solely depend on that as a way to measure employee performance now AI has really helped, you know, organizations to do all of that. Now, we need to now look at the fact that, uh, you know, most people work, right? But then they don't have results for it. Okay. So how do we really bring AI into that? We bring AI into that in the sense that, so so we have something we call performance management in um, HR, right? And, you know, most employers now, they do some, you know, appraisal cycles, maybe once a year, twice a year, you know, depending on your organizational culture. Most people don't don't really know the effects of you know giving like a smart KPI, a smart goals to their employees in such a way that when you track those things, you can use AI to sort of have some analytics to you know determine you know to track you know the, the performance of employees and know what exactly they are doing. And um, again, you need to also know that HRs now they need something to really you know engage their employees because. You mentioned Gen Z, that one of the problems um, Gen Z really ha- have is that because they really grew up into technology, social media, all of that, right? So they are used to some, they are tech savvy, right? So they are used to some ways of doing things. So they need constant engagement, right? They need constant engagement. So which is where all these co- uh, collaborative tools come in, AI tool come in, and all of that. So I think one very thing that is most common right now is using chatbots, interactive chatbots amongst all these applications that will be sort of used these days, where, you know, you can engage in case you have, you know, some questions or you want to, you know, you want to talk to, you know, your colleagues, you want to talk to your HR or something, you can easily do that. Even without using these are common tools of, you know, Microsoft Teams and all of that, there are some. You know, HR applications now, just like um, email manager, where you can do all of these things. You start, you can have a chatbot where you can, you know, inquire about some things. HR can easily ask for some things they want. You can have access to the, you know, some policy documents without having to see your HR physically or without having to go to the office physically. So, AI has really helped 
you know, employers and organizations to like do a lot of things in terms of employee and um, employee engagement, and also in terms of accessing, you know, the data they need in order to, you know, sustain the business and ensure that everybody is up to par in terms of their performance. Mm. Thank you very much, Stephen. This is like where we would need to wrap up. Let's keep our responses as concise and straight to the point as possible, probably within a minute. And uh, let's uh, tone down on uh, calling the uh, brand names you know, exactly. So there are lots of things you've mentioned, Stephen, from uh, data privacy to working um, remotely. And you know, I would just want you, when we, you know, you're wrapping up to maybe see, you know, talk about the place of cybersecurity because as we're working remotely and we're not at the offices, it is, is the cybersecurity conversation a thing that is coming up? Should it be something that we're considering? Um, but that would be when you're wrapping up. And you one day, let's look at the tools that Stephen has mentioned, yeah? Do we still see quiet hiring happening, even with the sophistication of tools that we have seen, yeah, that everyone is used, using for hiring? That's one. And two, and this is so that we can wrap up this conversation. What are your thoughts generally? If you're speaking to an employee and an employer who is thinking about how they worked in 2023, how would you tell them to think about how they work in 2023? Like, what things would you be telling them in terms of metrics? You know, you know, how should they be judging? How should they be thinking about the, you know, how they worked in 2023 or taking stock of how they worked in 2023? And this is also for everyone um, as we wrap up. So we'll start with you one day. Do you think that quiet hiring is still happening, even with the sophistication of tools um, that we have for hiring? And how should we, employer, employer, like, be thinking about or taking stock of 2023 and how we worked? Okay, so two questions. Do I think quiet hiring is happening? And yeah, so quite in my own understanding, quiet hiring is basically being literal, right? Hiring quietly. I think most recruiters prefer this option. I don't know. I do. Also that you put a job out and then what other people apply and you start sitting and going through out of which 90% don't align. Like this the referrals apart from for non for for mid level and senior hire, that's not entry level. Quiet hiring is what happens most time. You put it on an HR group that you have, or you talk to one or two colleagues, and they send you solid profiles, then you are good to go. So yes, it happens, and I think how people can keep to it, I think it's just it, it leverages on the quality of your net, okay. and and not just about the, the quantity but quality. Do you have people that know people, <laughs> and are you positioning? Yeah, the president put you ask some people, they always have solid candidates for you. So and you are happy and you So so you want you not to cut you short, yeah. but I, I thought that's what the tools and automation and AI was supposed to like come in and help us do. See, uh, there's what AI can do and there's what people can't do. Okay. AI what what it does is gather profiles and, and so the truth is AI gathers profile of those that are interested. Quite highly remember I said that for me to senior roles, there are some candidates that are not actively searching. You won't find their profiles on AI tools. They are passively searching. They are not they are not frustrated where they are. But if you come with a better offer, they are willing to move. They stay three or four years where they are. But like they're not dropping their profile on indeed and everywhere. So AI AI really to the number of people that and because this person has spoken to one or two people, you know this person is good though. And then one person has told them I'm looking for a head of this. And you know this person is not really open, but if your offer is good, 
this person is willing to accept. Yeah, I cannot do that for you. It's only take those that are willing, are really looking for a job. And quite having only happens for, like I said, the the roles that are in demand. The ones that they are plenty in the ocean. Yeah, you know, yeah, it can help you with that. So that's my point. Um, the second thing you asked was, in terms of taking stock of 2023, how should people be thinking, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So for me, I would say, I think I put out a, I put out a post on LinkedIn recently about that. Most people will be, will look at their goals in the beginning. I did, I wrote down my goals. Well, when I wrote down my goals in, in January, like the world has changed. My expectation, what mattered to me in January has evolved a bit, not entirely, but it has. So first thing is to look at where they started from, the reality of January and the reality of December and what would look like the reality of next year. And so when you're looking at what they did well, we didn't know that dollar was going to go this high or inflation was going to be this bad. So first thing is take it easy on yourself, extend grace to yourself, right? And don't see yourself as a total failure because the reality then is not reality now. Two, look at what you could have been proactive about. You know, okay, now that you know the reality, could you have been wiser by researching better investment opportunities or putting yourself out there more, or whatever your goal was, I don't know. So think about what you could have done better. And three, think about, you know, accountability. So what people just write goals and they don't have accountability partners. They're not, there's really nothing that is predicting them or what they start to lose what is time to gain. I would still almost get a coach as well, but like kind of do like an analysis of what you want to do and get an accountability partner. And lastly, I would just say, just would be forward thinking. Yeah, because you might want to look back and not look forward. So be hopeful and learn your lesson for an extent grace to yourself, but focus on the future, right? And what you can do, what's within your control and not what is outside your control. Because a lot of people just focus on, I could have done that. Really, could you have done that? Yeah, and if you could have, okay, just move forward, right? And let life doesn't end. So, pause um, Okay, thank you very much. Steven, you mentioned a couple of things, you know, while you're speaking the last time. So I'd want you to piggyback on, you know, the place of cybersecurity um, as we do a lot more of hybrid work. Um, did we see anything in terms of cybersecurity in a workplace come up? And also, just like you one day, how should we take stock of 2023? Okay, thank you so much again. Um, so I think um, in terms of cybersecurity, right? Now, you know, organizations who have really spent, you know, a fortune to build, you know, some security measures, you know, their servers and connectivities and all of that in the last few years now, because of the hybrid and remote work now, right? Employees are no longer protected by those enclaves, right? So now you're connected to, you know, some network, that is unknown by your organizations and i think um this is like a common loophole that attackers are really looking forward to right you know cyber criminals are seizing this opportunity to you know exploit the vulnerabilities in you know all these you know random networks that some um, employees could you know connect to just to stay connected and work you know um effectively right you know they really focus on attacking home workers right because um they feel that it's, it's, it's easy to penetrate now, right? Because as an individual, right, there's a little to what you can really spend on ensuring that you're sick, like you're protecting your 
you know connectivity there's a little all you just have to do is probably connect your MTN on your hotspots and you're good to go right unlike you know the measures and securities that um your companies would randomly or would naturally put in place to ensure that um you know attackers cannot penetrate so that's that's one major thing that i'm saying and i also think that employers should also do do well in knowledge sharing right ensuring that um, their employees are being you know up to date with you know all these um cyber security skills you know share some knowledge with them ensure that you know they're up to date with the you know latest trend and how to protect themselves you know sometimes train them on 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 what to do what not to do what links to click on when they see some you know you know suspicious you know mails in their inbox and all of that so i think that's one of the you know gaps that i think employers also need to fill right in terms of uh, protecting their employees from any cyber criminal attack and you know i mean it's 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 an endless list right you know when we talk about poor data practices you know phishing attacks um unsecured connectivity and all of that so there's no one way to really deal with this like i said i'll just highlight again just ensure that you keep your employees up to date share some knowledge with them ensure that um, they are aware right they are fully aware of the environment and ensure that they don't you know just you know share files and data carelessly right and provide like a secure way or a secure channel of you know them sharing data and files companies and um, files and you know artifacts right so that um they don't misplace those things and it doesn't get to the hands of the attackers so your second question so basically i think for me generally right we talked about a few things here today a lot of things here today and um you know everything still boils down to the fact that uh the norm now is that uh, people are trying to reduce costs by ensuring that employees are working for more. The ones that can afford it, right? Because it's also expensive, right? It's not. Um, it doesn't. It doesn't really come. So there's there's a lot of you know policies that you have to put in place to ensure that um, it is effective for you. I want to ensure that your employees are also you know working at you know the optimum level you require them to work. Now I think overall, right? set goals right set smart goals don't just set goals that are not achievable right be realistic about your goals for managers set goals for your employees track those goals get feedback right ensure that you get feedback and um, work on those feedback and um, communicate effectively right and i think with all of that um, we should be able to you know thrive in this um you know current you know trend and you know space that are currently in okay at the moment yeah okay uh, thank you and ada how should we take stock of 2023 or how we worked in 2023 and in just about a minute because uh, we're running out of time flexible contracts we talked about flexibility of work are we also, you know, doing it with the contracts or is it um, just, you know, all talk? Are we also embedding this flexibility in the contracts that um, employees are getting? Okay, what I've noticed with um, flexibility of work from experience and also from other employers is normally a verbal thing. Because once you put something into a contract, they want you are sort of bound by it. But you see the way work is so employers sort of grant these concessions to their staff orally just so that in case if things change or if if dollars starts to be 150 again 
<laughs> they can come back to the office. So, but to be very honest with you, I think these flexible work hours are certain like things that we should actually consider embedding. Steven and Yerondo have touched on a lot of things that I really believe that when we put it in, both employers and employees would benefit from those taking stock for the year. I I believe that there has to there was something that Yerande said about coaching on the employer side. Well, you know, we're always talking about upskilling for the employees, training for the employees, but the managers themselves need to be trained. Everybody needs to be on par with what is going on, what the trends are. And so that if at the end of the year, we're now looking back, we'll be like, okay, we got better in this way as employers. We got better this way as employees. So for me, it will be just like implementing all these things that we've said, putting it down in some form of an, um, an operating procedure so that we are bound by it, continually evolving and learning and upgrading our skills and taking records. If you're ending the year as an employer and you've not sort of reflected or taking records on your own, next year you might make the mistakes that you made without even knowing that you're making those mistakes. So it's very important to take records. Do performance appraisal for yourself. Do performance appraisal for the company. Do performance appraisal for your team as well. And, you know, learn from your mistakes and do better in the new year. Uh -huh. Thank you very, very much. I've uh, I've taken notes myself. Like I've oh, I've been writing and taking notes on my part, like all through this conversation. Thank you to Adese Precious Moba, corporate commercial lawyer, business manager, human resource consultant at Clainville LP. Thank you very much, Ada, for lending your voice to this conversation. Thank you, Tony. Yes, thank you, Steven Adewumi. He's product manager at HR tech firm. Human Manager Limited. Thank you, Steven, for joining this conversation. Yeah, thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Yes. And to you, people and culture leader, certified professional coach, the author of the All-Inclusive Career Handbook, and the founder of Career Life Nigeria, Yuandi Jinodu. Thank you very much for joining this conversation, too. Thank you very much. Nice to be here. Thank you. I look forward to a wonderful 2024 and hearing your thoughts also on what you think will shape 2024 and how we work. Maybe sometime in later in January. To everyone, thank you so much for listening. If you have any comments whatsoever, if you think we missed a very important part of this conversation, like something that's really important, put it in the comment section wherever you're listening to Spotify on the website, africatechradio.com. Um, if you're seeing this on IG, maybe as a snippet or something, Drop a comment, leave a comment, and we'll get back to it. Thank you very much, everyone, for um, listening. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to catch up on all the live shows right here on africatechradio.com.